About two weeks ago, we had a parish uh, day of retreat with Eric Chow, and he asked this really good question. Eric asked, Jesus, what breaks your heart? He invited us to ask this in prayer. Jesus, what breaks your heart? We know from Jesus' public ministry that his heart was broken and he wept when his good friend Lazarus died and there's other situations in which his heart was broken and he wept and Jesus is still alive today. His heart can still break. He can still weep over things. And so it's a great question. Jesus, what breaks your heart? Because we know, you know, a sign if you know someone well, you know what breaks their heart. Spouses, you should know what breaks the heart of your spouse. And because we're called to know Jesus really well, we should actually know what breaks his heart today. We should really know, not just in a general sense like, oh, sin, but in a particular sense, in a unique way. Jesus, what actually breaks your heart today? Next, Eric Chow, he asked another question. He said, he recommended that we, we say this to Jesus. Jesus, will you break my heart for what breaks yours? Another great question. He says, ask to Jesus. Jesus, will you break my heart for what breaks yours? Because a sign of friendship with someone, a really good sign of friendship, genuine friendship, is that your heart breaks over the same things. So I asked Jesus these questions when Eric gave this talk. Okay, Jesus, what breaks your heart? Jesus, will you break my heart for what breaks yours? And uh, nothing happened throughout the week, and no insights, no feelings, so I just kind of forgot about it. And then uh, on Sunday Mass, five days ago at the 11 a.m., Jesus answered my first question. Jesus, what breaks your heart? And then the day after, on Monday morning, Jesus answered my next question. Jesus, will you break my heart for what breaks yours? To share the answer that I got from Jesus, I wrote a poem. I'm a poet, and you didn't even know it. <laughs> a poem by Father Richard Thomas Conlon. When Jesus came to the upper room, they were shocked by what he said. Our Lord claimed that his own flesh was now their daily bread. To set 11 hearts on fire with love was worth the costly price. For Judas' heart alone was already cold as ice. When Jesus came to Corpus Christi, Many were bored by what they heard. To call a piece of bread the Lamb of God, many considered absurd. For men had become too busy, and they did not have the time to waste an hour on religious things. Now that's the modern crime. Still, our Lord cried for passion, either hot or cold would do, but all he found were lukewarm souls who received him 
without a clue. The Sunday Mass, Jesus answered my first question, Jesus, what breaks your heart? And he told me that his heart is broken when souls are just lukewarm and receive him in Holy Communion. They just have no clue what they are receiving. Not even a what, it's a who. Not bread, a person. And then the next day, Jesus answered the next question. Jesus, will you break my heart for what breaks yours? Yes. Some of you saw, I just, as a complete gift from God, he, he broke my heart. He broke my heart on Monday. Thanks be to God, this insight about lukewarm souls is not something unique that I got. It's actually something Jesus himself told St. Faustina, St. Faustina, a hundred years ago. Jesus, first he defines what a lukewarm soul is to St. Faustina. This is what he defines. Think if you know of anyone, okay? These are souls without love or devotion. Souls neither good nor bad. Souls who just enough warmth, spiritual warmth, to keep themselves alive. Souls who are indifferent to Jesus and who treat him like a dead object when they receive him in Holy Communion. Have you ever met any souls like this? You know, often I just look in the mirror in the morning and check. You know, it's, it's me. I don't know about you. And Jesus says that these souls cause him more suffering and heartbreak than any other group. If you've prayed the Divine Mercy Novena, which starts tomorrow, a beautiful novena, the last day is dedicated to lukewarm souls. And he says these break his heart more than anyone else in the whole world. And we know this from Scripture. One of the most passionate and yet terrifying things Jesus says in the book of Revelation. He says, I wish you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Not spit. Spit's like intentional. Spit's like, get out of my mouth. I don't want you. Vomit's like, you can't even exist in my body. This just doesn't work. That's what Jesus is saying about lukewarm souls. Now to understand why it pains Jesus so much to have lukewarm souls receiving in Holy Communion, I'll give an example. Okay. My niece had her sixth birthday party last week. So along with the help of her parents and younger sister, she made it the most special birthday ever. She came up with this theme. It was a princess birthday. And she invited her seven closest friends and told them all to dress up like princesses. And the only person who wasn't supposed to be was her dad, my brother, he was supposed to dress up as a dragon to chase them, but he chickened out. He dressed up as a knight, okay? It was kind of lame. So Olivia and her family spent hours preparing for this special birthday dinner, decorating the house, dressing up, even preparing these special meals where the food, the little grilled cheese sandwiches were shaped like hearts, okay? Now imagine, just imagine, imagine with me for a second, okay? If only two 
of the seven friends showed up. And of the two who showed up, one of them forgot about the princess theme and just came in normal clothes. And the other forgot the birthday present for her. And neither kind of really seemed that interested when they were there. They didn't pay much attention. Olivia gave this speech and they were kind of looking around. And when they ate those heart-shaped grilled cheese sandwiches, they were kind of like, let me get over, let me just go back home. They didn't really seem aware that this was an expression of Olivia's love for her best friends. And then they left without saying thanks. Imagine the heartbreak my niece would feel, honestly. It would break her heart if that was the experience she had. Well, Jesus, he actually told St. Faustina that any human experience like this, any heartbreak, is a drop of water, a drop of water compared to the ocean of how he feels. Think about that. A drop of water compared to the ocean. Because we know at every Mass, Jesus invites us as friends to the special meal. Nope heart-shaped grilled cheese sandwiches. No, he's giving his very self. God can do that. He can give his whole life to us in Holy Communion. And I said two out of seven, that's 28%. What do we have here? Way less than 28%. And he wants every single person to be here at Mass. And how often, myself included, trust me, I'm preaching first to myself, okay? How often I can just be lukewarm during Mass, thinking about other things, not aware that Jesus is about to give his own life for me. And how often I can, after receiving Holy Communion, just busy myself with other things, think about something else to do. The answer, the solution, is really simple. It's to be a saint. That is the only answer. You know, we have been raised in a culture to be lukewarm Catholics. That's how we've been raised. We have raised our children. You have been raised to be lukewarm Catholics. And that's what the culture wants. But Jesus came to set us on fire and make us saints. Jesus says in the Gospel of Luke, I have come to bring fire to this earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. Saints are the ones who are on fire. They are literally on fire with the love of God. And that's the exact opposite of lukewarm souls. Lukewarm souls are indifferent, lazy, bored, apathetic, emotionless, passionless, indifferent. The list goes on and on and on. Saints are on fire. They're energetic, courageous, committed, passionate, responsive, full-hearted, totally engaged. So the problem in our world today is a lack of saints. Pope St. Pius V, listen to what he said. All the evils in the world today are due to lukewarm Catholics. All the evils in the whole world are due to lukewarm Catholics. And the solution 
to all the problems in the world are saints. Catherine of Siena, she says, if you are what you should be, if you are what you should be, think saint, you will set the whole world on fire. It's a fact in all of history that the saints are the ones who transform the culture. They transform the world. And this is what we need. This is the only way we're going to change the church today. Saints. Only way. A great book, From Christendom to Apostolic Mission, explains this so well. This is what he says. Ten genuine followers of Christ. Ten. Think saints. We got ten altar servers here. If these guys became saints, it'll be more fruitful than a thousand whose faith is lukewarm. The church does not grow by mass movement. It moves forward one soul at a time. As each individual catches the fire of belief from another and is grafted into the body of Christ. The importance is not found in numbers, but in the intensity of the flame, as the apostles understood so well. If you don't believe you can be a saint, I want you to do three things. First, I want you to write a list of all the reasons why you can't be a saint. And then I want you to get a lighter, okay? One of my favorite things, get a lighter, and light that piece of paper on fire, okay? As a symbol of what God's love wants to do. God doesn't believe in your list of why you can't become a saint. God wants to set you on fire, okay? And then, have your to-do list and make be a saint the top thing. So many of these guys behind me that one day they're going to work for all these letters after their name. Mother Angelica says that the only thing worth pursuing are two letters before your name. S-T. That is the only thing worth pursuing in this life. The only tragedy of your life will be when your time is up and to have not become a saint. That's the only tragedy this perfect clarity of what we're supposed to do. So, St. Faustina, she says, beg God to set your heart on fire. When you receive Holy Communion, if you're in a state of grace, if not, go to confession. If you're in a state of grace, Jesus wants to set your heart on fire at this Mass. That's why he's come in Holy Communion, to set your heart on fire. All of the grace, all of the power, all of the strength you need to become a saint is found in a tiny white host. Jesus himself comes in Holy Communion to us to set our hearts on fire to become saints. We just need to beg him. Jesus, set my lukewarm heart on fire today.